0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Series 3, Episode 18 of the Manchester United weekly podcast as we talk a positive display against Everton as goals from Anthony Martial and Jesse Lingard secure a 2-0 win for United. No one else to start but on Jesse Lingard. Um, seven goals in his last nine games. I think that's five in five away games. And he's United's best player at the moment. Um, unstoppable, scoring wonder goals every week and celebrating with the fans every week. Wonderful to watch.
1: Absolutely, yeah. He's in a real purple patch at the moment. Probably, what well, the one of the biggest turnarounds I've I can remember from a United player recently. Another brilliant performance, not not just the goal, the whole game, especially in the first half, he looked our most threatening player, and the finish for his for his goal was absolutely sublime. Great to see him doing so well, like you said, he, always celebrating with the fans, uh, I saw your tweet earlier about, you know, there really isn't many reasons at all to dislike Jesse Lingard, he's worked hard, he's worked his way up through the youth academy, he's a local boy from Warrington, you know, he's... He's done so well to get put himself in this position now, and he's taken advantage of it now that he's now that he's got the chance. In
0: terms of in terms of watching, Pogba is undoubtedly um, my favourite United player. But in terms of the all round character and and performances at the moment, Jesse Lingard is is definitely that. He's now got more goals than De Bruyne, Alexis, and Hazard this season. And since the start of December, only Harry Kane with eight goals has scored more Premier League goals than Lingard's six. He, he he's not just United's best player or one of United's best player recently. He's one of the best players in the league. And had he been signed from somewhere else and, and come in and had this impact in recent weeks, people would be I think praising him a lot more than he is. But um he came out after game and was asked why he's in such good form and he said partly down to his own mental sort of attitude at the moment that he's really pushing himself and really trying to score more goals. But also partly because he's being allowed to cut inside from the left and Mourinho's given that him that license to Rome and and it's paying off. Um, and it certainly is. And I saw, I saw an interesting. Uh, obviously, Leroy Sané and Raheem Sterling have improved hugely this season, and Guardiola is getting a lot of credit for that. And um, uh, people are taking note of Lingard's improvement, but they're not really accrediting it to Mourinho. Which um, it's a small point, but <laughs> it's a it's a valid one, I think.
1: I think it definitely is. Yeah, and. There's no taking away anything from what Pep Guardiola has done at Man City, especially with Sterling and Sané. Like you said, the, the improvement from those two this season has been incredible. Especially when you look at the amount of goals Sterling has has got, or up there with Mo Salah, and Mo Salah is getting far more attention than Sterling is. But it's true. I, I would say, and please don't get me wrong, Lingard is not as good a player as Sterling or Sané, but. The improvement that he's made arguably is bigger than what Sterling and Sane have made. Sterling and Sane last season were already improving a lot and had already kind of proven themselves to be very good players, whereas Jesse Lingard was... Well, there are a lot of fans who wanted him sold, who didn't want him anywhere near the first team, and now he's proven himself to be... Well, I mean, one of the... The uh, the interviewer after the game on Sky Sports kind of mentioned this to Mourinho is that Jesse Lingard has almost made himself undroppable at, at the moment with his performances, the way he's playing... And Mourinho kind of didn't take issue with the question, but also didn't say that Lingard was undroppable. But with with the way that Lingard's been playing, I don't see a way that you can drop Lingard when he's playing in this kind of form. And I think Mourinho does deserve a lot of credit for that because not only was he the one that kept Lingard at the club last season, but he also kept persisting with him this season when perhaps it would have been very easy to play the likes of Matta or Mikatarian And we criticised Mourinho for that earlier in the season in that he maybe wasn't, dropping Mkhitaryan when he should have but now that he has done it and Lingard is taking his chance and
0: th- there really is no way you can drop Lingard at the moment yeah he is I've said for a long time and probably up until just even two three weeks ago that Lingard Lingard is and would always be just a squad player for United but at the moment he's he's cementing himself in the first team and making as you say making himself undroppable making himself a genuine Man United player I mean ideally you'd have someone better um there's no doubt in that, but in this current side, there is there's no better option than Jesse Lingard in either on the left or of a four through three on the left of a four through three or um, as an attacking midfielder behind the striker. He's he's doing fantastically. Um, so yeah, hope I mean we could even see Jesse Lingard become a, a genuine regular first team player at United. Which if he'd said that a year ago, um, if he'd said a lot of things in football and in the world in general a year ago. <laughs> um people would call you yeah. crazy, but that is that is one of them of, of the many.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's really anyone that foresaw this coming from Lingard at all. His improvement has been just ridiculous, to how how much he's improved really in the space of a year. And yeah, you know, I mean we've all we've always seen with Lingard that his movement is good, he seemed to have quite a good football brain and he seemed to understand the game very well, but he, the end product was always lacking and We always doubted whether, you know, he'd been around the first-team squad now for, what, three three or four years? And we hadn't seen much of an improvement from him. And so I think we all kind of wondered whether he'd had enough chances now and it was time to move on. But the perseverance that we've shown with him has been very, very good. Uh, Not we as fans, by the way, we as a club. I mean, um, because we as fans haven't been very perseverant with with Lingard a lot of the time. But he's now proven us all wrong, which is great to see. And the goal-scoring form that he has is crazy even for a striker it would be crazy but someone who normally has been playing in the number 10 role maybe like an inside left forward was it six goals in eight games now something like that
0: it's seven seven goals in nine games and two assists in that time as well so
1: i mean even even if that was lukaku getting those numbers you'd be extremely happy let alone a number 10
0: yeah and it's it's a really big thing because last season we were very heavily reliant on ibrahimovic's 28 goals um and the same can be said for this season for Lukaku scoring. When I mean, you look back to the to the great start of the season when we're winning four nil every week. Um, Lukaku's goals. It wasn't just Lukaku scoring. There was a the scoring Pob was getting in. Martial and Rashford were scoring a lot. Um, and Martial has scored a lot this season. But last season we were we were overly reliant on Ibrahimovic. And this season, to an extent, when Lukaku stopped scoring, we stopped winning. Uh, or we stop. We definitely yeah. stopped winning comfortably. Um, so it's great to have. Because Marshall, even even when Martial's scoring, he's still a striker. It's great to have someone who isn't a striker. Um, maybe they're playing on the left like Marshall and Rashford, but someone who isn't a striker contributing goals, and that's something we haven't really had for for quite a long time. And and being that player.
1: absolutely, I I I can't really remember the last time we had a a number ten who could genuinely chip in with a lot of goals. I mean, I guess Wayne Rooney maybe when he had his good season there under David Moyes would have would have been probably the most kind of similar to that, or even in Fergus's last season when we had Van Persie and Rooney getting on the score sheet a lot. But we really haven't had a true goal-scoring number 10 in a, a very, very long time. And if, if Lingard keeps up this form, then, I mean, there's no reason that he can't be that person for the next few years. He has been just as good, if not better than any kind of performance that we've seen from Mata or Mkhitaryan. And even though those two have performed before in that number 10 role, it hasn't been for even for as long as Lingard has i mean this isn't really the hallmark of consistency this over like a six week kind of period but this is still more than we've ever seen from Matto yeah. or Mkhitaryan in terms of continued very yeah, good performance at the same
0: point it, i mean this isn't a huge stretch of time it's probably i mean the the real breakthrough was when he scored the the sealer against Watford in the 4-2 win i think that was november 28th so six or seven weeks i mean that's not a huge amount of time if it stretches over the whole season then um we have got a a genuinely brilliant player, um, from the academy. But yeah, compared to Mata and Mkhitaryan, and I think the longest we've seen those to have a genuinely consistently brilliant, as in brilliant in terms of this kind of level, not just pretty good and contributing here and there. Um, I don't think we've ever seen them have it over this long a period, but it, it, it was an exciting front line when you've got Martial, um, ice cool as ever. Um, finishing his chance wonderfully, and obviously Lingard sort of trumped him with his goal. But uh, a great goal from Martial. And Paul Pogba behind him. It's, it's strange not starting start with Paul Pogba, um, captain and man of the match. And some of the things, we've said it so many times since he joined, um, what is it, 18 months ago now. Um, but some of the stuff he does, wow. Um, just beyond belief. <laughs> some of the, yep. the um, I think, Probably the most made point on this podcast is uh, about Pogba's unique skill set. I think I've used that phrase quite a lot of times compared to other midfielders. But it's (laughs) never been more um, prominent, the fact that Pogba can basically play as a winger and would be better than most wingers in the Premier League than um, today. We're recording this just after the Everton game. playing. I mean, he was playing at number 10, officially, but basically playing as a left winger for most of the game, cutting inside a lot and he was sensational he he was fantastic that second half performance
1: especially the first sort of half an hour of the second half i can't remember paul pogba having a better 30 minute period than that in a in a united shirt i know he's had some great performances this season but the kind of skills that he skill set that he showed during that period w- is something that i can't remember a midfielder especially a midfielder who isn't normally sort of a number 10 or a second striker kind of position, who is a genuine central midfielder. I can't remember a genuine central midfielder having that kind of ability on the ball before. You know, he's not the best passer in the world. He's not the best defensively. He's not the best positionally. But when he gets on the ball, the things that he can do with the ball are absolutely insane. Some of the skills he was pulling off, just the complete control that he seems to have of the ball. Whenever he seems to get on it, I just I don't fear that he's going to make a stupid mistake and lose the ball, and and that's exactly what you want from a midfielder. You know how how many other times would you ever see a pundit on Sky on Sky Sports, like Graham Soon said after the game, that is actively calling for someone who is potentially the best midfielder in the Premier League to play as a genuine left winger it's I, I mean, just crazy that that yeah. is even in a conversation when you're when you're talking about a central midfielder and that's that's not me slagging off Graham Souness because I don't think it's it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard from what we just saw from Paul Pogba tonight in the Everton game he genuinely could play as a left winger like you said and be one of the best left wingers in the oh, league right, I
0: do, I do the only worry is is can we trust uh, a midfield pairing of Herrera and Matic well, yeah exactly I don't think we can um 'Cause we played Everton and still there were some worries over those two. Um and Matic is in a yeah. in a pretty poor patch. But if we do if we can and do sign a, a a better midfielder than Ander Herrera to fill that role in January, I don't mind if we spend fifty, sixty million. I don't care if they're if they're twenty and they've got potential, but if we can find someone that we can trust in that role then we can play Pogba there, and suddenly, I, I genuinely think that could completely transform the team. Not playing him as a left winger, but playing him on the left side and giving him that freedom, not having to... Because so many times this season, we've seen Pogba forced to come back into his own half and pick it up off the centre-backs. And that's a, that's a complete waste of yep. his talent. Um, And then he has to drive forward, play a simple pass, and by the time he's up there, the space is gone. They're very compact, and he, we, we can't really see Pogba's best skills. Playing in this role means he doesn't have to do that. Someone gives him the ball in the position that he loves most, which is sort of the, I can't remember, the half space is what they call it. Sort of the inside forward bit of the, of the left flank, which is where Popper completely flourishes. If we can play Pogba there, you've suddenly got one of the best players in world football playing in your team to their, to their full potential. I don't understand why it's taken us this long to figure this out.
1: It's not rocket science. When he was at Juventus, Pogba's best games came when he was in the left side of a midfield three. Juventus often used to play sort of 3-5-2, 3-4-1-2 sort of formation. And Pogba would be on the left side of that midfield three. And that is always where he used to play at his best. And I don't understand why it's taken us nearly two full seasons of having him back at United to understand that that is where he's going to flourish the most. We completely saw that today, and there's been a couple of other times in, in during uh, during this season, and I think what, maybe one occasion last season, where this wasn't the way that we set up, but he kind of drifted into those areas, and you can see what he can do on the ball, and I think it is so much better for him, because like you said, he can pick up the ball on the half turn and start running at, at people, and that is where he's at his best, not when he's picking the ball up on his halfway line, when as is the case when most of the non sort of top six sides play us there's 11 men between him and the goal and, and from the other team and there is absolutely no way that he can sort of build a a penetrating attack from there he is so much better when he's receiving the ball 30 40 yards from goal on the half turn and he can start running at people committing defenders and then playing some of the amazing passes that we saw tonight i, I just i don't understand why it's taken us so long to understand that and i hope Going forward, that he gets the chance to play in this role a lot more because this is Paul Pogba's best position.
0: Yeah, and I, I don't if spending another sixty million to make Pogba better. I Don't really care. Um,
1: yeah, say so I, I tweeted about this a little bit during the game that I actually I hope we actually go back to three at the back eventually because I think it plays to our players' strengths more. But buying a buying a new midfielder, like you said, to make Pogba be able to play in that position, I think is our most important or potentially our most important task in the next either January or the summer because when you have a player like Paul Pogba you have to build the team around them he is, he is that good we can't afford to let Pogba's talent go to waste and so like you said I don't care if it costs us 50, 60, 70 million pounds we have to get someone in there Who will allow Pogba to play in his best position and so that Pogba can be the best version of himself because when Paul Pogba
0: is at his best, he is almost unstoppable. Yeah, and and Pogba at his best makes everyone else play at their best. There's no doubt. I mean, Jesse Lingard benefits hugely from having um, someone like Pogba. And you look at um, Luke Shaw today on the left. Uh, We're going to move on to him much later, but the quality of Luke Shaw in the last few games has actually been very good. Um, Consistently solid and adding more in attack than we see from... Even than we see from Young at left-back and from Darmian and Blind and Rojo. Anyone playing there, Shaw's been better in attack in, in the last few games and he's got a lot of starts because of an injury to Valencia with Young playing at right-back. And he's going to continue to get starts now because Young's suspended. So Lindelof probably at right-back and Shaw continuing at left-back, which is brilliant because he's, he's getting into into the groove. But Shaw has been good, but today was probably one of the best games from Shaw since he sort of started coming back into the side if you've got Pogba on your left hand side where you can play a 1-2 with him and if you get in trouble on in the corner you just give it to Paul Pogba so you're going to look good aren't you?
1: Yeah, Absolutely it was it was quite a nice kind of natural comparison going on a lot of the time between Shaw and Pogba kind of dominating that left channel and Lindelof and Herrera on the right because it, <laughs> it was and, and in, in some ways this is me not necessarily criticising Lindelof and Herrera that much but just showing the, po- the the quality that Pogba has and, th- like you said, the effect that he has on other people. You had Lindelof and Herrera trying to play one-twos all game when neither of them can play a first-time pass. And then you have Pogba who, any time he gets the ball, no matter how fast the ball's coming out, how fast he's running, his first touch is always sublime. He all can always pick a pass. It doesn't always come off, but he always knows the right pass to try and play. And just the co- the, the natural contrast that you saw there really was the difference because... Luke Shaw is is a better fullback than Lindelof, but the difference between those two was not the reason for the the difference that we saw in the play on the left and the right-hand side. It was because of the difference between Pogba and Herrera.
0: Yeah, um, which is huge. And Herrera... One of Herrera's better performances, not challenged hugely, um, but not quite yeah. as much as a as a liability as he has been for the rest of the season, which is a shame because he had, he had such a good <laughs> one last year. Yeah. But, ho- I mean, hopefully he can... Because it... it it would seem silly to get rid of ferreira because he's had half a bad season but he really is had a had a really poor first half of the season but if he can play at a at a decent level then he's a very good squad player to have but we we really i mean we spent 90 million on one midfielder we need more um and there's no point hiding from it yeah, if absolutely. we're going to challenge city we're going to have to spend another 300 million I, I don't really mind admitting that they've spent it we're gonna have to spend it. They started in a better position when Mourinho and Guardiola arrived respectively at the same time. So I don't really care about spending it, it's our money anyway, and it's better than going to the to, to the Glazers. But I mean it just on that point about Pob improving it from we haven't lost the Premier League game um since October twenty sixteen when Pop was started. Um the I think that was a four nil um hammering against Chelsea. So that's thirty four games unbeaten in the league when Pob was started.
1: Well I actually did I actually didn't know the run was that long to be fair. That's uh I mean that's a c that's a crazy stat when you look at that. Yeah.
0: It, uh, until the Bristol City game as well, I'm fairly sure it was unbeaten in all competitions for forty two or forty three games. When when <laughs> wow. started. Yeah. Um ridiculous. Anthony Marshall up top. Lukaku injured. Um Marino said he could be back for the game against Derby in the in the cut third round. Uh, obviously, we haven't recorded since the uh, Southampton game. Um, we shall not talk about that hugely because there's not a huge amount to talk about in a very uneventful but frustrating game. But Lukaku goes off um, with a head injury and could be back against Derby. But Martial starts up top against um, Everton by himself. Very good. Um, different kind of player and quite refreshing.
1: I think it worked because of Lingard and Matter being around him because those three naturally just seemed to interchange so much there, there was periods in the game where Lingard started playing as a false nine Matter was playing on the left Martial was playing on the right and then the next attack Martial would be through the middle Lingard would be on, on the left matter would be on the right it, it it worked the three of them being up there I thought Martial did a really good job uh, he was unlucky un, unlucky with the uh, the pass from Herrera in the first half they just couldn't quite take in his stride the pass was a little bit overhit from Herrera but he made some very good runs he stretched the defence a lot and created a lot of space for everyone else around him. And, and when his big chance came, boy, did he take it well. That was a an amazing finish. Um, and actually, going back to Graeme Souness, uh, speaking after the game, he said he thought Jordan Pickford should have done a bit better with that, which I thought was incredibly harsh.
0: The the less said about is, um punditry, the better, yeah. is, is what I do say. Yeah, it's just, it's nice to have to see something different, to see what we can be without Lukaku because Lukaku's a great centre-forward but um, there are, there, I mean, he, he does stop us playing a certain way and I, t- I tell you what, the, the first half today um, against Everton, there was a bit of that hoof it long to the striker and rely on that and we've seen that when Lukaku hasn't played which is completely pointless because there's no way it's going to work with any other striker except Lukaku. And it barely works with him to be honest and second half we we didn't really see that at all. It was all playing we can't kick it long to Marshall. He's not going to win it. It was all playing with Pogba on the left and and trying to break everything down genuinely rather than um, go for the long ball. The only weird point was why Marcus Rashford came on. I, I don't know. I, I guess it's it's good for him to get um, a bit of time as as a central striker, but I think he played. I, I can't. It was definitely it was definitely Man United's most used player. In 2017, I think he played 61 games in a year or something. That's not including playing for England as well, which he's basically done every every international break. Um, but I don't know why he he wouldn't be given a rest there. Just he's he's played so much and it, it's so obvious in in what well, you... it,
1: it looked it looked to me a little bit as if Martial might have picked up a little bit of a knock late in the game. He went off the pitch for a little bit and he seemed to be holding his his right arm yeah. a little bit awkwardly when he came off. And the same at the end of the game. But I mean, there wasn't anything made of it, and Mourinho didn't mention it in his post match interview, so I'm I'm not really sure why. But I mean, even even so, I I thought that Rashford coming on a like for like swap was well, it wasn't what I was expecting anyway. I thought he might just put Lingard in sort of a false nine. Position which he'd been playing in, in a lot of ways anyway during the game um, and go a little bit more defensive, but I mean, yeah, I was surprised to see Rashford coming on. Like you said, I have anyone who needs a rest, he's probably right up there.
0: Yep, um, Mourinho on the transfer window, he said, At this moment, we're in trouble. Do we wait for the summer to wait to do it? Is so he, he's he's basically said uh, he's basically refused to say if we're buying anyone in January or in summer, and he would assume we would buy someone in summer because everyone buys someone in summer, but should we, be- <laughs> unless you're
1: Arsenal, I guess.
0: Yeah, unless you're Arsenal. Unless, or oh, Yeah. Well, we did sign Fellaini, but for five million over his release clause in, in typical David <laughs> Moyes fashion. Uh, but should should we be buying someone in January? <sighs> I, I mean, depends yeah. who that someone is, obviously. Um, but should we be looking to sign to more players in I, I, January?
1: Per, my, my personal view, I, I'm not a fan of the January transfer window. Not, not that I think it should be got rid of, just that I don't think that... Well, A, I don't think that the best players are generally available in January. And I think where they are available, you generally have to pay a lot over the odds of what they're actually worth. And I know, I know that, you know, we're Manchester United and we don't really care about what a player costs. We, it's not like we're struggling for money. I, I would say for now, unless there is a player who feels an obvious need, who, is, or who would walk into our first team comfortably and who is available for a not-too-ridiculous price... I don't think that we should be signing anyone in January. I don't see a need that is so desperate and that will affect our season so much that we should be paying twice or three times what they're actually worth.
0: I think if we can get a midfielder, the point I said earlier, I think if we can get a midfielder who frees Paul Pogba, as in who can start ahead of Ander Herrera in a three-man midfield and allow Pogba that freedom, then I think it's worth paying a bit over the, over the odds. Um who that would be is a, is a completely different question. We've been linked to um, Carlos Soler, but he's 20. He actually wouldn't be that expensive because I think Valencia having some financial issues. So he think his release clause is like 70 million, but uh, apparently he'd be let go for about 40. Um, but yeah, he's 20, so he's not... He, um, can you can you trust him straight away? Mm. Yeah. Uh, we've been linked to... I mean,
1: I mean, another one that I was having a conversation with uh, Colin earlier on Twitter was Milinkovic yeah. Savic. Uh, we've been linked with him quite a lot I personally haven't watched him very much I've watched him a couple of times and he looks pretty good and I've heard generally good things but I mean again if you're trying to buy a player who's already very very important to their team it's going to be tough to get them in January and how? And he's also yeah, a, I,
0: think, I think he's meant to cost about 100 million
1: yeah exactly and he, he's also a very young player so whether he would improve us that much at this at this very moment without kind of a couple of years of development I don't know
0: yeah, so if if the right midfielder is there to free Paul Popper up, then I don't mind paying ten, twenty million extra. I mean, I I don't really mind what we spend anymore because, um, it's all it's all got ridiculous. But the point is, a midfielder will be very good. Um, yeah, we don't need a left back. Give Shaw more time, and yeah, um, that's that's probably it in terms of in terms of transfers. And then some other you would assume there would be another. Fairly large overhaul.
1: Yeah. I I would expect at least three new signings in the summer. But part I mean we can get into this at yeah. the end of the season. No man. youth
0: round off again because the uh the youth teams are still on, on their winter break, which is nice for them. And and very needed and needed in first team football as well, but we won't talk about that now.
1: Yeah. Oh I mean you could see it today in the uh, in the Everton game, how tired everyone was from playing two games in forty eight yeah. hours. The speed of the game, especially in the first half, yeah, was yeah. dying. I
0: remember um I think you mentioned it the other day. United Spurs in our last episode, United Spurs a yeah. few years ago, um, was just completely flat, and the the first half against Everton was yeah very flat. Um, but we've got the cup third round against Derby. I mean, the fixtures calmed down a bit now. We've got Derby on Friday, which is mental and completely unnecessary because we're not on TV. So why we're playing on Friday? I mean, I do understand it's because City are at home on Saturday, but why we can't be moved to the Sunday? Who knows? Anyway. We're playing on Friday against Derby, and then we've got midweek off, I think, because we we've been knocked out of the League Cup, and then it's it's fairly sort of regular weekly games then instead of the the once every two days. So Derby on Friday, um, in the cup at home should be a comfortable win. It, do, do you think he will it'll be rotating lots of players? Bringing i I'm, I'm hopefully Axel Swanzebek can be given a chance. I
1: think there'll be some rotation definitely. I mean, even if this was a Premier League game, I would expect some rotation just because of the sheer amount of games we've played recently. Um, I, I I don't think there'll be as much as if it was a league cup game for example I don't think we'll be seeing sort of 9 10, 11 changes uh but I do think we'll make at least four or five I would expect rashford to get a start after not after not playing today um I would expect maybe Romero to play um I, I mean I'm not sure I, I'm not sure whether Romero will Play all of the FA Cup games this season. Depends how high Mourinho puts it on his priority list. But I would also like to see Twanzebe get a chance. Um, Scott McTominay as well. I assume he'll be starting. He's done pretty well since he's been uh, since he's been in the first team. Yeah, I, I think we'll make we'll definitely make some changes. Play a few youngsters, but expect a very strong bre- strong bench. And I I don't think we'll be seeing an entire an entire team's worth of changes.
0: Yeah, you'd hope to see McTominay and Twanzebe. Um, especially with Ashley Young suspended, we could see Twan Zebert right back, P- possibly three at the back as well. But yeah, hopefully we see McTominay. I think we will see McTominay. He seems to have taken a, a very large liking to him, which is very good to see. And very, I mean, I mean, talk about unexpected things with Jesse Lingard. If you told people watching United's youth teams that Scott McTominay would be playing, I think he's already made nine appearances for United. If you told people McTominay would be making his 10th appearance for United this Friday, pfft. <laughs> <laughs> they would they not have believed you one yeah, um, oh, he's
1: ma- and he's made nine appearances and looked very good doing it as well to be fair to him he looks a very tidy player
0: yeah yeah really really composed and the, the kind of player that comes through United's academy and, and succeeds not yeah. the, the world class star but the genuinely very solid very composed yeah. um, down to earth and could be a very important player for us in, in future and hopefully will be he, he seems like the kind
1: of player who he just doesn't seem to make many mistakes on the ball so far, anyway. Yeah. And, I, mean, think I about hope I haven't just jinxed him in. there. But
0: <laughs> He's been thrown into to fairly He got thrown into UEFA Champions League, started against Benfica away. Yeah. Um, he came off the bench against Arsenal at the Emirates last at the back end of last season. It's, it's not been all easy games. So, hopefully, we'll see him. I'd expect Joel Pereira to be on the bench and, and probably Romero starting and give De Gea a little rest. And basically, give Romero some games because without the League Cup he won't be getting as many goal prediction 2-0 two,
1: 2 United
0: Pfft, fairly um, fairly conservative but probably probably sensible um, it would be nicer to say 4-0 but can't quite see it happening especially it's
1: not September anymore Harry
0: <laughs> especially with uh, a bit of rotation and the, the busy fixture schedule so I will go with 3-1 United same same difference but a few more goals um, Yes, uh, that's all we have time for on Series 3, Episode 18 of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, a bit more positive going into 2018. Um, I hope you all had a had a good Christmas slash New Year period. Um, and I presume for a lot of you, this will be what you're listening to on, on your first day back to work. So, sorry about that. Jack, for more from you, where can we find you on Twitter? At utdtate T-A-I-T. And you can find me at at Harry Robinson 64 and the podcast itself at at utdweeklypod. That's P-O-D at the end there. Thanks as always for listening. Have a great week. Goodbye. Network.